0: Good evening. Welcome to Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to worship with us tonight. I pray that you and your family are doing well and and that you're having a good week. It's hard to believe, but it was a year ago today that we canceled our Wednesday night service because of this coronavirus that has become such a common word for us now. And then we were praying and scrambling around to seek God's wisdom on how to proceed after getting the word. We closed down our in-person services, but continued to offer online services until last June when we began to meet back in person. I'm so thankful that we've been able to minister to you through this time, and thank you for taking time out tonight to join us for a time of devotion and prayer. I will give you a little bit more information at the conclusion of the service of how we're trying to proceed, but thank you for joining us tonight. If you joined us last Wednesday, we began a series over the next several weeks on the last seven words or last seven sayings that Christ spoke from the cross Throughout the years, we've looked at these words periodically and they've been called uh, words of life or words to live by or real words or we've called the series many different things, but they're such powerful words as we listen to Christ speak from his heart while he was dying on the cross to save you and me last Wednesday night. We heard those first words that Christ spoke when he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Some of the most difficult and painful words for us to hear how Jesus was asking God the Father to forgive those who had uh, drummed up false charges, forgive those religious leaders, the, the Sanhedrin who condemned him to die, and then the Roman soldiers who would crucify him and nail his hands and feet to the cross and place the crown of thorns and cast lights for his robe, and and that he would forgive the disciples who had fled and deserted him and to forgive you and me for our sin. What great act of love that Jesus demonstrated for us when he said father forgive them and then this past sunday we heard the second set of words that jesus spoke as he was hung between two convicted criminals remember one continued to hurl insults on him and yet the other repented and he said jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom and then jesus said those second set of words from the cross when he said truly I tell you or I tell you the truth today you will be with me in paradise and this evening we come to the third set of words and during this pandemic we've lost so many wonderful people in our church family and extended church family we have had a couple to pass from COVID they did not get the sickness here, but nonetheless, they lost their life to this terrible pandemic, this virus. But we've lost so many others from other health issues and health needs and, and uh, many of our family members uh, were gathered around their loved ones when uh, they were taking their last breath on this side and getting ready to enter into their eternal reward and glory in heaven. And uh, we come to these next set of words this evening that I pray would speak to your heart. And they're found in John chapter 19, beginning with verse 25. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. When someone's coming to the end of their life here on this earth, and when we're at the point of saying goodbye, and I've heard so many through the years, whether it be in someone's home or or at the hospital or in a nursing home or, or on the hospice bed, I've heard so many people say, I'm not going to say goodbye, I'm going to say, I'll see you later, for when we are in Christ, it's not a permanent goodbye, it's a temporary goodbye. But we'll see our loved ones again one day in heaven. But tonight, as we think about folks who have been hurting, folks that have been suffering, maybe people that are getting ready to transition from this old world and this old body into their eternal home, into their uh, new body that they'll receive, we think about when somebody's at that point when they're nearing the end they want to be surrounded by those whom they love those whom they love it said near the cross of jesus stood his mother mary was there and actually the name mary means bitter and so we wonder if mary when watching her son jesus drink the cup of suffering that bitter cup that she too was suffering watching her son endure the pain that she had seen him endure but when someone's nearing the end of their life on this side they don't want someone to bring them all their awards that they've received or or to bring them all of their trophies or plaques they don't want to see all of their degrees or diplomas. They don't ask to see all of their money or their checkbook. They want to be surrounded by those people who they love, whom they love, and, and those whom love them. And And I think tonight when I read this story near the cross, think about the pain Mary was enduring. She had held Jesus in her arms and rocked him as a baby. She had kissed him when he would fall and skin his knees because Jesus was both human and divine. And she would uh, bandage his wounds when he would fall. And now to see her son bleeding and suffering on the cross and she felt helpless just as we would To see our children suffer and know that there's nothing we can do for them, it had to be an awful experience and a painful experience. But Mary stood near her son. She was near the cross and we too have to stay near the cross when we're hurting, when we're suffering, when we have seen loved ones dying, we have to stay near the cross, but these folks that Jesus loved and, and those that loved him were, were near him. We see Mary, his mother's sister, and we know in Matthew and, and uh, Mark's accounts that Jesus' mother's sister, Mary's sister, was Salome. And uh, this was the mother of James and John. And remember in Matthew's gospel, She had gone to Jesus, and she had asked Jesus to place her sons, one on the right and one on the left, when he entered into the kingdom of God, and she wanted them in positions of power. And I find it interesting that Jesus rebuked her, but yet she received the rebuke graciously, and she's at the cross. And Jesus no doubt welcomed her at the cross, and that's a good example for us when we are corrected or rebuked, not to, to get too upset or take it personally, because I know as parents, we rebuke our children out of love. And Jesus was rebuking Mary, the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, out of love. It wasn't out of anger, but he was rebuking her, uh, telling her uh, what was most important which was humility and not wanting to be in a position of power. So we see Salome there. And then it says Mary, the wife of Clopas. We really don't know a lot about who that was, except that she no doubt was a friend of Mary's, a friend of the family. And and no doubt Salome and Mary, the wife of Clopas, were there to, to bring support to to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and also to show their love of jesus but then there was also mary magdalene you remember mary magdalene in luke chapter 8 verse 2 we know that mary was the one that had seven demons or devils cast from her and how could she ever thank jesus enough that's why we see her all through the accounts of the crucifixion and the resurrection because she wanted to follow Jesus faithfully the rest of her life for everything he had done for her. How could she ever repay him? And how could we ever repay Jesus? We should want to follow him all the rest of our life, our lives because of what he's done for us when he died on the cross to save us from our sin. And so I hope and pray tonight that, that we would want to surround our loved ones when they're drawing near to the end But then also, the disciple we read in verse 26, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby. And we know that that was John. John was very close to Jesus. And when Jesus says the disciple whom he loved, he loved all of his disciples. But there was a special bond with John. And uh, we all have people that we're close to. We certainly are close to our families. I pray that we are. And and there are those that that we love. But there's some that are just there's an extra special connection. And Jesus had an extra special bond with the disciple John. And you read in Matthew chapter 26, verse 56, that all the disciples had deserted Jesus and fled. So even those disciples that he loved and he was close to, they were afraid, afraid for their lives. And so they had fled. But John was here at the cross. So if he fled, he came back and he's near the cross. So when we're hurting and when we're in pain, we want the presence of people, not possessions, that's what's most important. And I think about being with my family gathered around my dad when he was taking his last breath on this side of eternity. As I've already shared, we were singing Christmas carols and singing hymns of faith. And, and we were near my dad. And, and I know that's what my dad loved more than anything he loved Jesus more than anything and he loved his family and that was so much more important to him than any earthly possessions so tonight when we're hurting when we're feeling hopeless when we feel the end is near uh, we want to be around those whom we love but then we hear these third set of words that Jesus said he said In verse 26 he said to her woman here is your son and to the disciple here is your mother on these third set of words we hear Jesus as sharing some some words of instruction and uh, how it speaks to us as when we're drawing near to the end or or when we're hurting Jesus was thinking of others before his own pain and his own needs. We had already seen him say, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. He was already thinking of others, forgiving others when he was experiencing excruciating pain. We know that he was thinking of others this past Sunday when he said the second set of words, when the criminal on the cross said, Jesus, remember me When you come into your kingdom and he said, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. He was thinking of others. When he was dying on the cross, he was thinking about you and he was thinking about me. There's a gospel song that I've heard sung through the years. When he was on the cross, we were on his mind. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but I have everlasting life. Even now, Jesus is thinking about his mother. He's thinking about his dear friend, his his cousin, the disciple whom he loved, John. When he says woman, that's not a disrespectful term or a cold term, but he's saying it as a matter of respect. Woman, it was a term of endearment. Woman when he said here's your son he wasn't talking about himself he wasn't saying look at your son who's suffering and bleeding before you but when he said woman here is your son there was probably denied from the cross he was referring to john woman here is your son and jesus had not forgotten the fifth commandment that says honor your father and mother. Jesus, who was the eldest of Mary's children, he was the one responsible. Many scholars believe that Joseph was quite a bit older than Mary, and so Joseph had had already passed, and so the responsibility to take care of the affairs of the home and to to run the family business, the carpentry business, fell upon Jesus. And we know in John's gospel that Jesus' brothers did not yet believe in him and who he said he was. And so Jesus wanted to make sure there was someone who could look after his mother and take care of her. So he said, woman, here is your son. He's referring to John and to the disciple here is your mother and so jesus was thinking about his mother her loneliness wondering how she was going to make it and he was thinking about the disciple that they had such a close relationship and he was thinking about his loneliness and how they could comfort one another and uh, when i hear these words and i've shared this with you before I think about what some loved ones have said uh, to my own family or to me uh, when they're at the end of their life here on this earth. I think about what Kelly's grandfather, her dad's father, said when he was on his deathbed. He said to my father-in-law, Bill, he said, Bill, Kelly's going to be okay And Kelly was just very young at that time. But he said, Kelly's going to be okay. I think about what Ward Young said. You remember Ward and Betty Young, wonderful Christian people. And they were members of this church. And Ward Young said when when he was uh, leaving this old earth and when I went to see him, he said, take care of Kelly. And then... When I went to pray with the Jeffries family, our our own Joy Jeffries and her husband Larry Jeffries, who uh, was a long time pastor and servant of the Lord, I had the privilege of going. Kelly and I going to visit with him and pray over him and with their family when they were gathered around his bed, and and he said to me, "Be good to Kelly," and so. I've thought through the years, man, I better be good to Kelly and take care of Kelly because Kelly's going to be okay. But these folks had it on their heart, even when they were suffering and they were leaving this old earth, they were thinking of others. Kelly's granddad was thinking of of his son, Bill, and his granddaughter, Kelly Ward Young, was thinking about uh, being uh, good to Kelly and and taking care of Kelly and that's what Larry Jeffries no doubt had seen the challenges of being in ministry and how challenging it can be and and uh and he was just saying hey you you take care of Kelly and be good to her because uh I know he I'm sure knew how important joy was to him and his ministry and how important Kelly uh is to me and my family and this ministry so I think about uh, those words, but Jesus was thinking of others even though he was suffering. And then it said, from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. He took responsibility. And uh, I think about what Paul wrote in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. It said that, Anyone who does not provide for his relatives, especially his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And so those are some pretty strong words. We have a responsibility to take care of our loved ones, um, maybe aging parents. I think about my brother Tim and his wife Jenny living with my mom and they helped give care to my dad. We all tried to share responsibility but my brother Tim actually lives there and was caregiving for my dad and and he and his wife helped caregive for my mother as she continues to recuperate from her illness and uh, and then my brothers how we've all tried to to share in responsibility in one form or another. And and, uh, these are pretty strong words to take responsibility. Even if you haven't had a good relationship with your family, with your parents, I've even seen some who who really didn't have a good relationship with their parents growing up, but now how they've gone back to give wonderful care, even when there's been hurtful words or, or not a great relationship. I think about my cousin, Randy, who who gave such good care to my Aunt Marsola over in Harrodsburg when her health was declining. He knew it was his responsibility as an only child to show love to his mother and to make her last days on this earth as comfortable as possible. And I could name many others. I don't mean just to single out a few because I know Many of my relatives have done that for their, their aging parents or, or their parent. And uh, that's a beautiful thing when, when we take the responsibility to care give for those who have done so much for us and have shown such love for us. But I love that it said, John took her into his home he followed through with the responsibility that Jesus had asked him to do. And history tells us that he had done that. And uh, that's a great example for all of us. And uh, I hope tonight that we would take responsibility to do what that we've been asked to do. And, and maybe you had a loved one to to ask you to take care of their uh, mother or to take care of their father or to take care of their brother or their sister or their take care of their child maybe have you kept that promise have you followed through and taken that responsibility think about what Paul said in Ephesians uh, chapter 5 verses 15 and 16 and we've shared this passage throughout the years but it says that we should be very careful then how we live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And are we making the most of every opportunity to be responsible to caregive for our loved ones? Are we taking the responsibility to fulfill a promise or a commitment that we made? Maybe we told a a parent as they were leaving this earth or a loved one, I promise you I'm gonna I'm gonna get back in church and I'm gonna start being the Christian you want me to be. Have you done that? Have you taken this opportunity while you have life and breath to do that? Or maybe you made a commitment to a dying grandparent or a parent and you said, I've never given my life to Jesus, but I promise you. I'm going to commit my life to Christ and I'm going to leave my old habits and my old ways. I'm going to stop doing these things that I know are harmful to me or, or it hurts my family or dishonors God. I, From this day forward, I'm a changed person. And I'm giving my life fully surrendered to Jesus. Have you taken that responsibility seriously? And tonight I pray that you would be encouraged, that uh, we would want to be around those whom we love, especially during this crazy time. And and some of us have been forced to be around our loved ones more and, and that we would think of others and not just selfish needs. Jesus was thinking of others the whole time he was on the cross. It was never about him. And then that we could all take responsibility and be the men and women of faith that God would have us to be. And And follow through with promises that we've made. And keep those commitments that we've made to loved ones. And especially those we've made to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But tonight we're going to enter into a time of prayer. And I know we have many needs that are on our hearts. Uh, You should have received a prayer list if you're on our email List And if you would like to be added, contact our church office and we'd love to send you our prayer list. And also, uh, don't forget that if you missed out on the Devoted Women's Conference, it's not too late. Sunday I talked about if only and talked about many times we've lived in regret like the criminal on the cross, but yet it wasn't too late for him to change his life, even as he was dying on the cross. And if you missed the Devoted Women's Conference, and we praise God for its success, so grateful for all the hard work my wife, Kelly, and Jessica Swites were put into it. And many of you who hosted uh, gatherings to watch Devoted, it's not too late. You can still go to the devotedwomensconference.org website and still watch the conference or even have people over to watch the conference. It's not too late to receive a blessing. So we give God glory for the success of that wonderful conference this past Saturday. We also want to remember in prayer those who have lost loved ones, uh, even the passing of a young student from Franklin County High School this week, We need to remember their family and all those children, young people, friends that are grieving. But I'm going to invite you to join me right now as we go to the Lord in prayer. God, thank you for being an awesome and mighty God. And thank you for being faithful to us. And thank you, Lord, that when you were on the cross, we were on your mind. How could we ever repay you for your mercy and grace that you have shown us and father for giving us a second chance or a third chance or multiple chances to God be the glory for everything you've done and father as we hear these powerful words from the cross I pray that we would be challenged to be more faithful to you that we would be more responsible to do what you would have us to do and loving our loved ones and forgiving people when they've hurt us and father thinking of other needs before our own and god if there are folks watching tonight and they've never fulfilled maybe a promise that they're going to get their house in order and give their life to christ may someone tonight father confess their sin ask you for forgiveness and invite you to come into their heart to be their lord and savior may this be the day of salvation for someone, even now, God, that they would pray that prayer. Lord, I pray if there are Christians that have grown complacent or during this pandemic, maybe we've grown lazy and we have found it more comfortable just to stay at home instead of coming to church. Lord, I pray that people would come back to church and worship with other believers and, and know that we have tried our best to to provide a safe place for people to worship God. And and I pray as people feel more comfortable that they will come back after I know many receiving the, the vaccines, Lord, that they will. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to bless this church and grow us. And Father, I pray tonight for families that are hurting and grieving, for uh, Father, this family that lost their, their uh, young Child, I pray, God, that you would comfort them, Father, and give them peace. I can't imagine, Father, what they're feeling. Lord, I pray you would bless other families who have lost loved ones. And, Lord, there are many on our prayer list that continue to to battle some sickness or illness. or, Or, Lord, maybe they're still recovering from COVID. And I pray for their complete healing and a hedge of protection around those of us, Lord, who have not had it and around this church, that we might continue to keep our doors open as we minister. And Father, continue to give me and our staff wisdom and our safety risk management team as we try to make decisions, God, on opening up more while also trying to keep people safe. Just give us your wisdom. Lord, we continue to pray for healing in our nation, for unity for oneness. We pray, God, for revival and spiritual awakening. And Lord, prepare our hearts for Easter. And as we, Father, look at these sayings from the cross, may our hearts be preparing for Good Friday and then for Resurrection Day on Easter. And Father, just forgive me and us of any things that uh, Satan has tried to put in our way any uh, ill feelings or any bitterness or anger towards someone or unforgiveness may our hearts be right god and pure and father we'll just thank you and praise you for the victories you've already brought and for the victories that you still have for us ahead we love you jesus and we pray all these things in the strong name of jesus amen Thank you so much for worshiping with us tonight. And just to update you, um, we still have room for you at our 8.30 and 11 o'clock service. We are looking at here in the next week or two to maybe do away with reservations and, and ask you to maybe distance yourself. But I'll, I'll give you the word on Sunday for sure. But as of right now, we're trying to still keep people safe and doing our best to provide a safe environment for you to come and worship. But we'll be letting you know as we get closer to Easter what our Holy Week services will look like and what Easter is going to look like. But I pray uh, that you would uh, keep us in your prayers as we make some of these decisions while trying to move forward, but also not getting careless as we see this pandemic we pray nearing the end and and maybe we're going to have some new normal but uh, we're excited that things are improving and looking up and uh, also grateful tonight as we close out that Kathy Parrott and Carrie Casey are going to be leading us in a beautiful song uh, out by the cross and I'm so grateful for their gifts that they use for the Lord and And for all of those of you who have shared your beautiful music, gifts, and talents, we love and appreciate each of you. And uh, they're going to close out our service tonight. I hope and pray you have a wonderful rest of the week. Hope you'll join us Sunday in person or virtual as we'll be looking at the fourth set of words or sayings that Jesus spoke from the cross. Thank you again for worshiping. Don't forget how much God loves you. And we love you too. Have a wonderful evening.